0: When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this. Anybody besides me? I mean, I'd have stuff on there like, God, why would you make mosquitoes? (laughs) If you live in Louisiana or Minnesota, those are, and I found out Alaska has a lot of mosquitoes too. Or God, why did you make red bugs? Now, we call them chiggers in Georgia, but red bugs, they get under your skin and they will itch you. I mean, just itch, itch, itch. Or what about poison ivy? God, why in the world did you make poison ivy? Uh, You know? And then there's things that you just wonder, what was the rationale? Like, why do they put flotation devices under airplane seats instead of parachutes? (laughs) Have you ever known anybody to use a flotation device and be saved in an airplane crash? I mean, think about it for a minute. I mean, you know, it's like, here's another one. I picked this up from a Russian comedian. He said, why do we put junk in our garage and keep a $30,000 car out on the street?" Think about that, and it make you want to go clean out your garage, doesn't it? I mean, you know, uh why do people turn down the radio when they're looking for an address?' I'm trying to find see somebody's in here done that you're guilty by laugh, I mean, you know, and then uh, so we do that right, and uh if coffee and's open twenty four hours a day, why in the world do they have a lock on the door? Go figure I mean you know those are those are serious questions, right? Well, let me give you a serious one why does God sometimes wait to answer prayers. You ever wondered that? I mean, you pray and you pray and you pray. I knew a lady prayed for the salvation of her husband for 40 years. He finally walked the aisle in his 70s. See, I mean, God hears it instantly, right? So why does he delay? And, And let me just answer that for you. It's in the delays of the answer that God grows our faith and makes us stronger. It's in those delays. That's... That's when he, he, he brings whatever dream God's given us, whatever direction he's given us. You may have a dream to start a business. You may have a dream for a ministry, whatever. I had a dream to be in ministry, and it was like 14 years before I started in that. So he, he works in those delays, and, and we're going to look at some things uh, about that. But, I mean, here's some biblical characters that had that. Abraham had a dream of being the father of a great nation, uh, but he waited 90 years you know, to be told he was even going to have a son. I mean, think about it. He was about 100 when Isaac was born, all right? Uh, you know, Noah had a dream of saving the human race by building an ark. It took you Noah know, 120 years to build that boat. So it was a while before that dream came to fruition, right? Joseph had a dream that his brothers were going to bow to him. Remember that? And for the next 40 years, he was either a slave or in prison until Pharaoh promoted him to number two. David knew he was going to be king. Remember the story when when, uh, the prophet came looking for him and uh, and anointed him king, but yet it was years that David spent hiding in caves because Saul was trying to kill him, and uh, he's been chased all over the place, and it didn't come to fruition for a while. A lot of times there's a delay. In America, we think that when God gives us an idea, it ought to happen right now, right? We watch shows. They solve complex crimes in 30 minutes or an hour, if you're, you know, some of them. Or, or whatever happens. You know, people grow up, uh, you know, and stuff like that. I always loved the shows. My mother and my grandmother especially used to watch these soap operas and stuff. And, and it would be funny because the parents and the kids were all the same age looking. You know I mean? It was just like, okay, you just pick who's going to be the parent in these things. But, I mean, we have these delays. And, and uh, another just a real classic one that we're going to talk about for a while, is how many of you remember you know, when Joseph went into Egypt as a slave and he became number two, he invited his father and all the Israelites, all the, the 12 tribes of Israel, to come to Egypt. And that's where they were saved because of the famine that was in the land. Well, eventually the Egyptians, you had a generation of Egyptians that never heard of Joseph. And they enslaved the Jews, and the Jews became slaves and uh, and so you know Moses was sent to to bring them out of Egypt, right? And uh, and so they had delays. Let me just tell you, it took the Israelites forty years to get to the promised land. If you walk as fast as me, it's only a two week walk. Okay, I mean it's it's not that far, and and, and uh, yet it took them forty years. Uh, and uh, and so we're going to look at that Exodus thirteen seventeen says this, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, it says this, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory. They could have been there quick, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and want to go back to Egypt. How many times have we seen people who had a dream or a goal or a desire to do something and it got a little bit difficult and they, and they wanted to quit or they wanted to go back, to what they were doing and uh and so these israelites were delayed really by design god intentionally delayed them 40 years and there were some reasons for that but let me just tell you this during the delays god uses delays to prepare us write that down he uses delays to prepare us we had some trouble with what i was putting up on the screen so some stuff if you hear me say it it may not be on there it's not that they're not paying attention but God uses delays to prepare us. He knew the Israelites were not ready for difficulties. They weren't ready to go conquer the land. They'd been slaves. They'd been malnutrition. all this stuff. They, they, they weren't used to doing things on their own. And, and he knew that he had to prepare them. He's got to prepare us. He's got to prepare us. I mean, have you ever thought about, you know, what you would do if some of the things you asked God to happen happened right then? You're not ready for that yet. God also uses delays to test us. Write that down. He uses delays to test us. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you. That's something that has to happen. And then, look, testing you to prove your character. So, you know, he's testing us, testing us. So how do we respond to those delays? I mean, it's a test of our maturity when we go through those delays. So how do we... How do we respond to that? Sadly, the Israelites failed miserably. And, they, and because of that, only two of the original Israelites that left were allowed to enter into the promised land of the adults, and that was Caleb and Joshua. The rest of the adult population of Israel died in the wilderness because God didn't allow them to go back in there because they just couldn't get the lesson. So let me, let me just say this. We, we worship uh, a loving and forgiving god but we also serve a holy god who demands that we live differently he demands that we live differently that's why i was saying earlier too often we just want we want fire insurance we don't want to go to hell but god says no you come follow me he wants every area of your life he wants me to follow him tomorrow He wants me to follow him friday night saturday night all those things so he we we serve a god that wants us to follow him and and demands that we live lives worthy of what Jesus did. We sang that song, I'll never know how how much it cost to have my sins on that cross. It cost a man his life. It cost Jesus Christ, the Son of God, his life for what I did and what you've done. And and that's the that's the price. So we, we've got to make it count. And so what do we need to do during the delays? I mean, we're gonna have these delays. Let me tell you something. Repentance is a big deal. And 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 that's, that's something we've always got to be looking at. And, and so during the delay, there, there are some things that, that we that really, God says, don't do. And the, and the Israelites made these mistakes, and we make these mistakes, and we need to not make these mistakes. So you can write these down. Number one, don't be afraid. The Israelites were afraid to enter the promised land because, they, remember, they sent the spies in there, and they came back and said, oh, it's a beautiful land. Milk and honey and all this stuff. But there's giants in there. They're, they're, they're like bigger than us, stronger than us. They've got better weapons than us. There's no way we can do this. See, they had enough faith to leave Egypt, but they didn't have enough faith to march into the promised land. They trusted God when they left, but they didn't trust God enough to get them where they were going. And so Deuteronomy 126, God said this, but you rebelled against the command of your Lord and you would not enter the land. That's what they did. They refused to go in. And, and only two, Caleb and Joshua, said, we can take them. We can take them. And all the other ten said, no, 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 we can't do it. And the people, people believed the other ten. They wouldn't go. And so in verse 28 of Deuteronomy, they said, why should we go there? We were afraid. The men we, the, the men we sent tell us the people are stronger and taller than we are and that they live in cities with walls that reach the sky. They saw giants in there. And so oftentimes when we start looking at our problems, our problems look insurmountable. But when we start looking at God, the problems get small. And so we've got we've to learn to do that. And so instead, write this down, realize that God is with you. When you realize that, those walls aren't up to the sky. Those walls are about this tall because God can overcome anything. When you realize that God is with you, you don't have to worry about how big the problem is because your God is bigger than the problem. And so we've got to we've got to understand that that's the remedy for fear is God's presence, to focus on God's presence, to put our faith in him and not in ourselves and what we can do. See too often we think it's, it's up to my talent, my energy, my strength, my money, whatever. No, it's up to God. It's up to God. We've got to we've got to use his strength. We've got to realize that God is with us. I mean, if you think about it, there's hundreds of fear nots in the Bible. If you've got a little computer program, you can just Google fear not in your program. There's going to be a bunch of them come up. And uh, and so one, Isaiah 41, 10, he says this, Fear not, for I'm with you. Fear not, I'm with you. We've got to remember that. When you're afraid, understand God is right there with you. God is right there with you. And he says this, don't be dismayed. I'm your God. I will what? I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my victorious right hand. When we have the presence of God, we win. We win. He doesn't tell you to pump yourself up with positive thinking. He just tells you don't be afraid because he's with you. When we know that he's with us, he actually is with us. Now, some of us are in a delay. Maybe you wanted something and it just hadn't happened or it didn't happen. Maybe you think God's abandoned you, uh, you know. And, and sometimes we take matters into our own hands. We'll get in a bad relationship because we took matters in our own hands. Abraham, uh, you know, did that same thing. I mean, he uh, hooked up with the wrong woman for, you know, for, to make a baby. And that wasn't the baby that it was supposed to be. And, and I see that happen so many times. We People are lonely. Oh, yeah. We're going going to go here and solve this lonely problem. And that's not what God has. That's not what God has. God has an order about it. See, God is building our character. He says, fear not, I will strengthen you, I'll help you. He didn't remove the Red Sea. He parted the Red Sea so they could go through it. He doesn't get rid of your troubles. He allows you to have the strength to go through your troubles. And he's building our character so that we can do that. So we have to understand that. Number two, write this down. Don't worry. He said, don't be afraid. Now he says, don't worry. Don't worry. See, people, we start worrying and complaining and the Israelites worried and complained and griped and, and they just kept doing that and God just let them wander around for about 40 years because of it. Uh, you know, and, and it, it didn't matter that God sent 10 plagues to Egypt to get the Pharaoh to let them go. It didn't matter that when they got cornered by the Red Sea, God parted it. And, and look, people, will say, people try and come up with all kinds of ways to explain the parting of the Red Sea. The Bible says they walked through on dry ground. It wasn't muddy. It wasn't swampy. He parted that water. It was dry and sandy and dusty, and they walked right through it, and then the ocean collapsed. It wasn't shallow water because it drowned the Egyptian army. It drowned the Egyptian army. He gave them manna from heaven every day, and when he got tired of manna, he gave them quail. I mean, and they just kept on complaining. I mean, free food. How can you you complain about that? I mean, you know, I mean, and and look, that's one of the sins that kept them out of the promised land. When we gripe and complain, it's going to increase the length of the delay. It's like sometimes it's like, Lord, I wish I could figure out what you're trying to teach me so we could stop this. I mean, you know, and and so we need to do it. Numbers, it says this, Israelites left Mount Hor by the road that leads to the Gulf of Aquaba in order to go around the territory of Edom. But on the way, the people lost their patience and spoke against God and Moses. They complained. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to die out here in the desert where there's no food or water? We can't stand any more of this miserable food. Now it was free. It didn't taste bad. They just got tired of it. They wanted something else. They forgot that they were eating junk in in Egypt. You know, I mean, they had free food and complained. I mean, Proverbs 19, 2 says, Enthusiasm without knowledge is not good. It said impatience will get you in trouble, and it'll do it every time. Anybody besides me, that's kind of was your, your verse maybe for a while. Impatience gets you in trouble. I mean, it'll do it. And uh, and so we take things into our own hands, and we get in trouble. I mean, we get impatient with God, and we get ourselves in trouble. Listen, God is not in a hurry. He Just because it's urgent to me doesn't mean it's urgent to him. He's going to do things right on time. My brother-in-law used to sing a song, it's, He's, a right, he's an on-time God, and, and he's on time. He's not late. He's not early. He's going to do it in the right time, and, and so nothing is going on in our world that catches him by surprise. COVID hadn't caught him by surprise. The, the hurricane didn't catch him by surprise. He didn't go, huh? Man, I didn't see that. He didn't do that. I mean, it, it, and so he has got it. He's got it, but we get impatient. I mean, think about it. I mentioned Abraham a minute ago. He did this. He was promised a son. He looks over at his wife. She's 99 years old or so. And he goes, man, she's too old. And she said, well, look, here's my servant Hagar. Have a baby with her. And so he had a baby with, with Hagar. And uh, he said, all right, I got a kid. I got a son. And God said, wrong, wrong one. He blessed Ishmael, the son of, of Hagar. He's the father of the Arab, Arab nation. But he said, that's not, the, that's not the one of the promise. And so then Isaac was born of Sarah when it was impossible to have happened. And he's the one whom the blessing has gone through. And, and listen, all of this conflict we have in the Middle East, our building's getting blown down, all this stuff, this 20-year war we just got out of, is because Abraham took things in his own hands and didn't wait on God. Makes you want to slap him when you get to heaven, doesn't it? I mean, just like, you know. I mean, just, yeah, he got ahead of God. So instead of doing that, we've got to trust God's timing. Write that down. We've got to trust God's timing. And, and let me tell you, that's not easy. I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to me. I don't i do not always like God's timing. But the psalmist says this, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Man, is that hard. And, and it, usually there's things he has us doing, but he said, wait patiently for him to act. Don't be envious of evil men who prosper. There was a time when David said, oh, woe is me. God's been good to Israel, but that's for me. Oh, woe is me. He, he said when I, he looked at evil men succeeding, and, and he said when I tried to figure out, it was worrisome to me. It wore my mind out. He said until I entered the sanctuary of the Lord and saw their end. You see, evil men might be looking like they're getting ahead right now. Let me just say this, hell is real. Hell is real. And and you know, I've known evil people that had a lot of money and more miserable than any poor person I ever saw. I've seen some very rich, very miserable people. We will wait patiently for the Lord to, to, to act. And listen, waiting is all right. I mean, Jesus, Jesus was asleep. I, I love this story. When Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, they're going out over the lake and and a storm comes up and the disciples are thinking they're fixing to sink. And, uh, and Jesus is just sleeping in the back of the boat. And they wake him up. Don't you even care we're about to drown? He said, okay, stop. Wind stop, wave stop, peaceful, calm, sun's out. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, Jesus waited. He, he knew God was in control so much he could sleep through a storm. Do we trust God that much? See, what happens usually when When we're facing something, we lay up worrying all night, don't we? Can't go to sleep. I'm worried. I'm thinking about this. I keep waking up, whatever. Listen, Ecclesiastes, Solomon said this. He has set a right time for everything. He's given us a desire to know the future, but never gives us the satisfaction of fully understanding what he does. Just know this. You're not going to know everything in the future. I remember a guy said he knew when the world was going to end sometime in 1986, I think. And then when that date came by, he said, well, I was wrong. It was the next year, 87. Then it was wrong. Then it was somewhere in the 90s, and we're still here. I know it's going to happen. I just don't know when, and God says nobody knows, or we'll figure it out. We've got to be getting close. though. So understand that. God's timing is perfect. Look, number three, don't get discouraged. Man, this is a big one. It's easier said than done. I mean, life slams us. I mean, it, there are a lot of people discouraged right now. As a chaplain, we see more overdoses, more overdose deaths right now, more suicides. I think we had chaplains on a couple of different suicides this week. Uh, uh, it, it's been there's it, a lot of that because people are discouraged. People are we're not made to be isolated from each other like we have been for two years. We're not made to not be able to go and congregate and fellowship and 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 enjoy each other and stuff. And it's been rough. People are discouraged. Uh, you know. It, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of the things that kept the Israelites from going into the Promised Land. Listen to verses 2 through 4 in Numbers 14. It said, Their voices rose in a great chorus in protest against Moses and Aaron. And look what they said. Circle this. If only we had died in Egypt. If only. or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why has the Lord taken us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. wouldn't it be better for us to go back to egypt? There it is there it is. That's what god why God didn't take them straight in because he knew if they encountered hardship they'd want to go back to Egypt. They plotted among themselves and said, let's choose a new leader and go back to egypt now here's the thing: they became discouraged and wanted to go back into Egypt, wanted to go back into slavery and uh, and 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 they forgot how bad it was. And, um, and, and sometimes we do that. We forget how bad something was. We kind of romanticize the past, right? You know, you think, oh, it wasn't that bad. You know, I had a friend of mine, he was, uh, he, he'd been clean for a while and, and he had struggled with cocaine addiction and different things. And, and he was in the drive-thru at a Burger King one time out in the east and he could see into this bar and he said, man, they're having a good time up in there. And, and then he saw this beautiful woman come out. And he's going, yeah, they're having a good time in there. And then she leaned over the dumpster and threw her guts out. He <laughs> said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because he was starting to think the good old days were good old days. And they weren't. And, uh, and so we, but we romanticized that And they were wanting to go back into Egypt. They were wanting to go back to Egypt. I've seen so many people struggling with addiction. We want to go back because it's easier, we think. We become discouraged. So if only, if only is kind of your sec- second guessing yourself. Did you really hear God right? I mean, I mean Eve did that with when Satan tempted her. She said, "Well, you know Satan said did God really say that?" And she got to thinking, "Well, maybe he didn't." You know, if only, you're second guessing yourself. And then and let's go back. That's when you're idolizing that past. You want to go back, you're forgetting how bad that relationship was and you go back to that relationship. You're forgetting how bad that Situation was, and you want to go back to that situation. You're forgetting that you almost died in that addiction and stronghold, and you want to go back to that, and, and, and we just keep forgetting that because we idolize the past. We get discouraged with where we're going because we're in a delay. Let me ask you, what is your if only and your let's go back to? Think about that. What is if only for you? Or what is your I'd like to go back? Go back to what because you see, it hits all of us at some point. It'll hit you. Is it a relationship that you want to go back to? Is it, is it a job or a situation you want to go back to? Something it happens, it happened to the Israelites. Maybe it's a, a, a relationship that was sexually immoral, and but it was comfortable. You know, you thought you think when you're looking back, you know. You don't remember the guilt and the stuff that goes on with that? Maybe it it was uh, just, you know, the party life, whatever. The good old days, right? The good old days. I want you to think about that. See, some people would rather remain in slavery than walk into the freedom that God has for them. And we've got to be willing to walk into the freedom that God has for them. And so instead of that, we need to, instead instead of being discouraged, we've got to be persistent. Write that down and pray. We've got to be persistent and pray. Now, now, God, remember when they did go in and start conquering stuff, they came to Jericho, which was a powerful city, and they weren't powerful enough to defeat Jericho. And, and so God told Joshua, said, I want y'all to go walk, march around the city for seven days. And finally, on the seventh day, after the seventh time around, They shouted and blew their trumpets, and the walls came down, and they conquered the city. But they had to do that for the first day. They go around, nothing happened. I didn't hear it in the ranks, man. Moses is crazy, or Joshua's crazy. Moses was in heaven by now. But Joshua's lost it. I mean, he's kind of like Moses did. You know, that's why God didn't let Moses come with us. He lost it. Maybe Joshua needs to go. And, And in the second day, nothing happened. Third day, nothing happened. But on the seventh day, first time around, nothing happened. Joshua's going, okay, let's go one more round. One more round, get to number seven. God said, now blow your horns. They blew their horns, clanged their, their pots and all that, and the walls caved in and they conquered Jericho. Got to be persistent and pray. Just because it doesn't happen instantly, we think that God's not going to answer our prayers. We got to be persistent and we got to pray. Galatians 6, 9, Paul said this, Don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Folks, he's talking about sowing and reaping this stuff, the law of the harvest. He's talking about when you're doing good things, you're going to keep doing good things, and eventually good things are going to come back. It may take a minute, but he said if you don't grow weary doing good things, a harvest of blessing is coming back. That's the Word of God. It's going to happen if we don't quit, usually what happens is we quit. Man, I've been living for God. And my car broke down. My girlfriend broke up with me. I got fired from my job. Now I'm just shucking it. Y'all think, y'all think I'm making I've heard that. Over, <laughs> I've been doing this a while. You know, if we don't get tired of doing what's good at the right time, will reap a harvest. got to understand that. Uh, you know, I mean, you'll rec- you're going to receive, I mean, you know, if, if, you, plant, if you plant bad things, g- bad things are going to happen to you, right? But he said if you keep doing the right things, good things are going to happen. So we've got to do that. I love this, this quote by Calvin Coolidge. It says, Nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. There's nothing more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Let me tell you about a guy named Harper Brown. Hope he does not watch Facebook. This dude led the NFL in punting when he was at my high school. He goes to college. Gets sidetracked with drugs a little bit. Ends up not finishing college, not getting the NFL contract, all that stuff. Talent like crazy. And guys with half his talent just worked hard and beat him. You know, I mean, crazy. So he, said, he said, the world, there's nothing more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Just made me think of him. Genius won't. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone, omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. So we've got to be persistent. Now, without God, none of that means anything, but we have got to be persistent in our prayer, persistent in our doing the right things, and one day we'll see that harvest. Luke 18.1 says this, On One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Same thing Paul's saying. Same thing Calvin Coolidge said. We should always pray and never give up. And we're either going to do one or the other. We're going to pray. We're going to give in. We're going to pray, or we're going to give up. Which one are we going to do? He said, we should always pray and never give up. Isaiah said this, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Folks, we can't give up. We cannot give up. We have absolutely cannot get discouraged and give up. But if we trust in the Lord, how many of you need some new strength? Any of us? We do. Write this down, number four. Don't forget. Don't forget. See, the Israelites forgot. They forgot the plagues. They forgot the parting of the Red Sea. They forgot the manna. They forgot all that stuff. It's easy while we're in a delay whether it's a quarantine a hurricane or whatever, we get focused on just surviving, you know, and we kind of get our minds off of what God had us to do. This was kind of the fourth mistake the Israelites made. I mean, uh, you know, they forgot the goodness of God. They forgot the promises of God. They forgot the purposes of God. The psalmist says this, Our ancestors in Egypt did not understand God's wonderful acts. They forgot the many times that he showed them his love. Do we do the same thing? We'll get all worried about something. There's one thing, I, I, I don't do it well, Pastor Kathy does, and, and, and I need to do it better, and you need to do it better, is journal. Because, you see, that's what David did. It's called the Book of Psalms. David would, would talk about how King Saul was trying to kill him, you know, and, and all this stuff, and then you'd see him praising the Lord. It, you know, he'd talk, when he sinned big, He he wrote a psalm about how bad he felt until he confessed his sin to the Lord, and God forgave him. I mean... You know what happens when you write that stuff down? You can look back here and say, man, here's what was going on. God delivered me through this. He got me through it. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. We've got to understand. He said, our ancestors in Egypt didn't understand God's wonderful acts. They forgot how many times he showed them his love. And they rebelled against the Almighty at the Red Sea. And he saved them as he promised in order to show his great power. He saved them over and over and over again. He's done the same thing for us. But instead of seeking God and his plans, they were seeking for themselves. And We can't be too hard on them. Like I said, we do the same thing. We we hit a delay. We don't get what we want or things don't go go just right. And So we do the same thing they did. We forget all that God's done in the past. We get our minds off of that. And, uh, and, And, you know, we just take things into our own hands. We'll go into debt since I'm not making enough money to go buy that. I'll just I'll just borrow to get it. Or I know if I just go out one more time to casino, I know I'm gonna hit it. <laughs> it's called behavior modification and it is rigged. I mean, it's not, it's not gambling. You're playing something that's programmed to win, and uh, you know. But but we just we we do the same thing. We take things in our own hands. We get into relationships we shouldn't be in. And the results are emotional damage, babies born out of wedlock, all kinds of stuff. I'm going to tell you, there's consequences to not doing things God's way. And we see it all the time. Poverty, uh, horrible things happening to people, the trafficking that we have, all this kind of stuff. It's a result of our sin, of people not following God. Instead of forgetting, we need to remember, write this down, the promises of God. We've got to remember the promises of God. There's over 7,000 in the Bible for you and me. You can probably find one for anything you're going through. Psalm 103.2 says, Yes, I will bless the Lord and what? Not forget the glorious things He does for me. See, when, when I forget, that's when I get in trouble. That's when I get in trouble. I forget what he's done, and I'll get to worrying and complaining and griping and, and all this stuff. And then Peter said this, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He's being patient. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everybody to repent. You know what? Here, people say, come, Lord Jesus, come now. I don't want him to come now. I know people that aren't saved, people that I care about that aren't saved, and I want to see him saved before he comes. Because I know when he comes, and we're going to preach on some end time stuff, we might even show some movies. It's Left Behind movies. There's three of them. One of them is just like what's going on right now with pandemic stuff. It'll really get you thinking. And uh, if you wouldn't say before you watch number three, you will be at the end of that. So bring all your friends. I mean, we'll have popcorn and everything. It'll probably be on a Friday night. But, but uh, look, I mean, he's coming back. He's coming back. But I don't want anybody I know and care about to miss out. People can be saved after the rapture, during the tribulation. They're going to be hunted down. I don't know about y'all. I'm a pre-trib guy, and I'm going up in the first elevator. If y'all want to wait for number two, that's fine with y'all. But uh, we'll talk about that another time. I mean, you might, listen, he's being patient so more people can be saved. You might wonder why God isn't moving the way you want him to move. He's waiting on you and me. He's waiting on us to learn not to be afraid, not to worry or get discouraged or forget his promises. He's waiting on us, and he wants to develop our character. I want you to understand that God cares more about what's happening in us instead of compared to to us. He wants to see us grow in our character, to become more like his son. And And as we do that, it puts us in a place where he can bless us. So the delays that come in your life don't destroy God's purpose for your life. They fulfill God's purpose in your life. That's what the delays do. There was a woman that wanted to write a book, and she kind of talked to a publisher one time, and and the publisher said, yeah, we'd love for you to write this book. So she spent a year researching and writing that book, all her extra time over her job. She was working on this book, and, and just when she was about ready to turn it in, the publisher contacted her and said, look, we saw another idea we liked better. We're going to go with that one. And she was left out in the cold. She had no contract, didn't make any money, wasted a year. She was devastated, cried for days and on and off for weeks. And, and uh, she, she was turned down by 30-something other publishers and, and, uh, and all. And, and finally, three years later, I mean, she's about to give up on, on being a writer. She's just thinking, maybe I'm not a writer. And three years later, a publisher calls her and says, look, said, uh, we have an idea uh, for somebody to write something on fun Christmas parties, would you do that? And so she did, and it became a, a bestseller. It's on a bookshelves all over the place. And then the next year they said, well, look, would you uh, write uh, a book about, uh, is, is about Christmas stuff as well? And, uh, and she did that, and, uh, and, and it hit the shelves. They gave her money, you know, for doing something she loved to do. Here God had a different plan, and there was a delay. Folks, we've got to learn that delay is when God grows us and gets us ready. He gets us ready. Joseph wasn't ready to be the king of, of Egypt when he was telling his brothers that they were going to be bowing down to him. But 40 years in slavery and in prison, he was ready to be king by the time he became king. And uh, I don't know if this lady was ready to be an author or not when the first thing came. But after three years, it happened for Listen. God will do that for you. He's not forgotten you. I don't know what it is that you're waiting on from God. And uh, but you know what? God wants to move in your life. God wants to do those things. It may take a minute. There may be a delay. Uh, you know, it, and and what is it that you're waiting on God to do? Chrissy's gonna play and and uh listen, I mean, if you even need to come up here and pray at the altar and talk to God, you're you're welcome to do that. Is it Is it you need God to turn a a problem around? Do you need God to uh, heal you of something? Do you need God to uh, help in a relationship? Maybe get over an addiction. Don't don't fall into despair. Turn to God. Turn to God right now. Habakkuk 2.3 says this. that These things I plan won't happen right away. Don't get discouraged in that delay. It's 14 years for me. Actually, it's a little longer. Well, yeah, a little longer than that. From when I saw that I believe God called me into the ministry until I went into the ministry. What is it for you? What is it that God has laid on your heart? That maybe you've given up on. That uh, You know, there's a delay, whatever it is. He said, these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. I was happy working in corporate world and looking at how I could go on up to the corporate offices and stuff like this. And a friend of mine made a phone call. He said, "Robert, he said uh, i was supposed to do a youth retreat uh, up in is in Meridian, Mississippi." And he said, "I can't do it, but I thought you'd be great to do it." He talked me into it and God said, "I got you now." That was the first step. So I knew, see, God was drawing me back. And then I, we were looking at doing a Youth for Christ program down here, and one of the Youth for Christ regional directors. He finally, we talked to him a little bit, and I'm kind of talking about being on the board and stuff, and not being in ministry. And, and he says, "Robert," he said, I, "I need to know what your intentions are." I said, "Oh, I'm, I'm happy at, at the hospital. I'm, I'm just, you know." and and, uh, finally he asked me right out and God said no this is for you what is it that he's telling you what is it that you're in that delay he said as the time approaches the vision will be fulfilled it seems slow if it seems slow don't despair for these things will surely come to pass just be patient They won't be overdue by a single day. God is an on-time God. When it's the right time, He'll do it. Bow your heads. If you're here and maybe there's, there's something you know, I'm not necessarily talking about ministry. It could be a change in your life, whatever it is. But you know God is wanting to do. Maybe you're in the delay or Maybe you're ready to take that step. I just, everybody's head's bowed and eyes are closed. Why don't you just raise your hand. If, you, if you've you got that that go back to or that, raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you where you are. Put them down. So, God, you see each person raise their hands, whether in this room or online. And so, God, I just pray for them that, that God, they will, give that area of their life to you God Lord I know that you don't want us to just pray a prayer and think we're not going to hell Lord you want our lives you want to spend time with us you want to see us living a rich and satisfying life like you said you came to give so Lord I pray for these what ifs and these I want to go back to's and the things that we think maybe God has called us to do, but